0: Michigan fans, welcome to In the Big House with your host Tyler Seeley and BB's Big House. From game day recaps, recruiting, player evaluations, and all the latest buzz around the program, we've got you covered. Now here's Tyler and Brian. What's going on guys and welcome to episode 12 of the In the Big House podcast. We have a big one here. Brian, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing great. You? You?
0: Oh, I'm doing as great as I have done in a while here, um, Michigan, with a resounding beat down in the shoe against Ohio State, and they won 45 to 23. Michigan moves to 12 and 0 for the first time since 97. Brian, we're just going to get right into it. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, I know I know they're all positives for the most part. What are your thoughts on on the game that transpired on Saturday?
1: That was just so much fun. Right. I mean, it started off a little rough those first few moments, those first few series. It looked like they were outmatched. But then Michigan kept answering. I mean, in short, they went to the halftime feeling pretty darn good. I felt pretty good. Thought, man, we got outplayed and we were right in it. And then that second half was just like most of our games this year. That second half was just dominant. And it was so much fun to see us put it away and just kick their rear ends. Uh, It was as much fun as I've had watching a football game in a while.
0: I agree. Michigan wins there for the first time since the year 2000. I know uh, I'm not going to give myself too much of a victory lap here, but I was the one that said that Michigan would win. Brian said he, he was hoping that I would I would be correct, and I was. Yeah. Um, n- not going to take credit for the win, but, you know, a little pat on the back here. There you go. Um, you know, Michigan played a great game. I mean, yeah, they're, it, it was kind of a tale of two halves, right? I mean, Ohio State kind of dominated the first half. Um, you know, but Michigan stayed in the game, you know, some big plays and, uh, you know, I mean, the biggest thing is Ohio state did exactly what we said on the podcast. They're going to stack the box and make JJ beat you. And boy, did he ever beat you? Yeah, he certainly did. So, I mean, the biggest thing to me is, is JJ, you know, when the throws were there to be made, he made the throws. I know early on he was a little rough, um, but it certainly got better as the game went on. You know, those two. The the first one to Cornelius Johnson was a good play, and, and you guys saw the broken tackle, which for, went for a touchdown. But I think the, the even better one was the double move, where you know he cut inside and the, or cut outside and then cut back in, and he was he was bare ass as I like to say, oh, yeah. he was wide open, and yeah. all JJ had to do was put it on him, and he he fucking did. Now didn't he?
1: We had two guys. Roman Wilson was wide open on that play too. I mean, it was their secondary. We dominated that secondary. You know, I think JJ was just everything you want out of a quarterback, just a gamer. He made good decisions. You know, he admitted early on that he was nervous and all amped up, and that's why he had some overthrows early. But, you know, not only did he make huge plays, I don't really remember many instances in that entire ball game where he put the ball in jeopardy, either when he was running it or his decision-making. I mean, he he missed some throws, but there weren't any balls that, you know, were really in jeopardy of being turned over or, you know, going the other way. And so he just – Man, everything we hoped for in him and a lot of stuff we thought didn't happen and you know i don't know if there's a whole lot of meat left on the bone you know he kept talking about that all year and he made a lot of really big plays and was that guy for that game and uh earned every bit of it It so much fun to watch
0: well well you know we always talk about you know intangibles and and um you know discipline and and everything like that and you know he Again, like I said, former hockey player, um, you know, very disciplined player. Um, you know, he, he's learned from a lot of the mistakes that he made last year. You know, he put the ball on the carpet twice. I think it was against Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that almost, you know, I, I don't want to blame it on him, but it almost cost him the game. Um but he did not do that on Saturday. He played a very clean game. I know, you know, the stat line isn't going to look sexy. He went 12 for 24 with 263 yards. But three touchdowns, um, you know, those the, – the ball that Colson Loveland was put right on the money too. Man. So, I mean, again, like I said, you know, not the most perfect game ever. But certainly, you know, something that people are going to remember for a long period of time here in Ann Arbor.
1: Yeah, if, if I'd have told you before the game if J.J. McCarthy would clearly and unequivocally outplay C.J. Stroud, you'd like our chances, wouldn't you?
0: Oh, I agree. I that's exactly agree. what he did.
1: I mean, that's exactly what he did. I it mean, was- they
0: threw double the times we did. You know, C.J. Stroud went 31 of 48 for 349 yards, two touchdowns, but the difference maker here is two interceptions too. Mm-hmm. And the one that he made at the end of the game uh, was was a total bad mistake by C.J. Stroud. You it was know it's horrible. Rambling. he's he's caught was that Taylor Upshaw or was, was that uh Upshaw made this made the um interception but who who made the pressure was that Braden McGregor I believe
1: possibly either right. way
0: yeah. I mean you know a very very strong performance by the defense that's another thing I want to talk about I mean this defense I mean it looked they gave up plays sure and, but it was a lot of bend, don't break again. They, mm-hmm. they let them do whatever the hell they wanted in between the, the, the 20 yard lines. And they, they really fucking sacked up after that. They really did.
1: You know, the one sack that they had in that game by, by Oki, that was a strip sack. That was a fumble. And they didn't call that. I mean, if, you know, if the game would have gone a different way and, and momentum would have turned, we'd be talking about that play that had very similar uh shades of the, um, Aiden Hutchinson strip sack first Michigan State last year. I mean, for sure. The replay I saw that was a fumble. They called. They didn't say it wasn't a fumble. They said his forward progress had stopped.
0: Yeah, that's and, bullshit. Yeah, yeah that's total so, bullshit. I mean, it, it was immaterial. Burger, if you, yeah. if if they score that, yeah. So go yeah, ahead, but, Brian. Sorry. About no, that. it was just
1: immaterial. But yeah, I think you know some of what we talked about last week is you know I think is just what Mentor strategy is. But we had said that he kind of plays at vanilla and trusts his back the back of the defense to do their job and and send three four and that's what we did you know not we talked about maybe we'd see some new blitz packages but we really didn't he played it pretty no, straight up and trusted his guys and man will johnson is a true freshman and that guy is going to be he's already fantastic that guy is going to be an all-american high draft he is a stud and that hit he had on stroud his willingness and eagerness every time he gets an opportunity to lay the wood is impressive you know i mean he, oh, had, he does it he's so many great parts of
0: that game. I will say another thing, um, you know, we talk about a, a situation where the game kind of could have, could have gone off the rails there. And, um, you know, I just kind of watched it before we started this podcast again. Um, and basically, you know, the one thing that was, th- that I, I kind of felt that we were in the game, you know, even though we weren't moving the ball in the first quarter and, and you know, really kind of in the second quarter either, Um Really the first half. Um, yeah. but the one real play that I just remember that that I was like, okay, we're 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 in this. JJ's come to play was the um, I think it was third and seven, right after Ohio State just went right down the field and scored. JJ on third and seven rolled out to his left, I believe, and hit Ronnie Bell down the sidelines for 20 yards or so. And that's where I was like, okay, he's come to play. Yeah. We're all set here. He's gonna he's gonna make you know, those throws. And he did, he really yeah. did. And you give him all the credit in the world. Um, yeah. Now, if you think about
1: it to your point of, you know, not really looking good at halftime, Ohio state had 16 first downs to Michigan's four. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, they controlled the clock. They had double the time of possession. I mean, they, they. didn't Kind of felt like the anti shades of the Penn state game. You know, the opposite. I was
0: about to say that.
1: Yeah. They, uh, Ohio state dominated that game. And, uh, but it was twenty to seventeen. You thought, man, we couldn't play much worse, and we've been a second half team all year. And you know that didn't prove itself out. Twenty eight to three in the second half. I mean, just total domination uh, and, in that game.
0: And that's 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 what it was. It was pure domination in the second half. Michigan did everything that they had to do, and Ohio State was still in the football game. And I think one of the key real um, moments of the game. I mean, obviously, we talk about the two Donovan Edwards, you know, runs that were. I mean. <laughs> Ridiculous, ridiculous, fantastic. Whichever way you want to look at it, I know that I'm not one to go to the bathroom during the game. But um, I was in a bar watching the game, and so I, I'm I'm watching the game, and I, I'm coming back from the bathroom, and I'm I'm standing in line for a beer, um, and I look up, and Donovan Edwards is alone. I'm like, wait a minute, what's <laughs> going on here? And he's and he goes in for the touchdown, and then the second one happened. I'm like. Is this really happening? This is like – I know I wasn't alive for the Charles – or I was two years old during the Charles Woodson, and I wasn't alive for the Desmond Howard one. Um, Jabril Peppers had a couple big returns, but they weren't for touchdown. I mean, that felt, for me particularly as a younger Michigan fan, it felt like a Charles Woodson or a Desmond Howard kind of moment. Um, I, You know, it would be really cool if it was Blake Corham because that probably cements his Heisman. if. If um you know if that's the case, but 100%. again, Don, Donovan Edwards did that with a broken hand or mm-hmm. reportedly a broken carrying hand carrying the ball again. with
1: the left his left hand on both those touchdown runs. Yep. Where where does
0: that go? It, like you know, a lot of people were talking about this on Twitter, and and you know, I guess my question to you, like, where do you think this fits in in the his performance in the ranking of this of this rivalry? Like
1: oh, legendary. I mean, I was wondering the, the could have been the biggest win in the history of the program in terms of regular season. I mean, uh number two versus number three to go be on the road and to just smash them. I saw one of the greatest things I saw was uh Cornelius Johnson's dad put out a tweet, and it's him and Donovan Edwards' dad. And he said, Every time that Mr. Edwards and I sit together, both our sons score two sixty plus yard touchdowns. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh you know, just yeah, hit Cornelius Johnson and David Edwards forever, forever will be legends for that game. I mean, right, right, all time Much of the
0: way that that Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo were in last game, you know, Tim Biakabutuka Biak- had that's the on Haskins as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, Haskins three hundred yards. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is
0: what it takes. That like that we always talk about. You know, the measuring stick is Ohio State. Um, you know, this is what it takes to beat the Buckeyes. Mm-hmm. You know, legendary performances good defense, clean, good specialty teams besides – sorry, special teams. Um, you know, and then also, I mean, yeah, I guess the besides the, the missed field goal there by Moody. But I mean I would agree,
1: yards. yeah I would agree yeah.
0: I would um you know say that he probably shouldn't even have kicked that. No, I, I didn't like that decision at all. I hated that situation. Mm-hmm. And you know the other thing I want to credit to and I, I, I don't like to particularly um talk about officiating for the most part but I think for the most part they did a really good job staying the hell out of the game
1: yeah I mean I think there was a couple calls I think Ohio you know the uh I agree but I think if you're an Ohio State fan that pass interference play call which was the right call Ronnie Bell got his hands on it but in the back end zone when he jumped up it was a little high when I saw at first I said I thought that may be uncatchable but you can't call something uncatchable if the receiver puts his hands on the ball and he did. Yeah, that's true. And so, um, yeah, I agree. I think uh, they started the way if you think about every phase of the game, like you started to say, but even to break that up into smaller chunks, you know, the rushing offense, the passing offense, the rushing defense, the passing defense, the special teams, and then just the mental uh, fortitude and staying focused in the game, every element of what goes into being a good coach and a good coaching staff, the knucklehead Ohio State guy that headbutted our guy for 15 yards when they're trying he to come Scott. back. I mean, yeah. imagine if, if a Michigan player did that and we were in that situation behind. I'd lose my mind. That player I would be so frustrated with. Michigan didn't have any of those. Michigan had five penalties for 30 yards in that game. No turnovers. I mean, and talk about, you know, if you saw the skull session, which is the pregame pep rally that Ohio State always does. Get games. the pom-poms out. Oh, yeah, right. They all talked about we've been working on this. We've been in the weight room and we no, you haven't. Your guys were undisciplined. Your guys turn it over. Your guys make stupid plays out of bounds. If you want to see a, a discipline is? You, you win every phase of the game and keep your head on your shoulders. You
0: know, Ohio State. needs to worry more less less about pom pom waving and, and and less about you know bulletin board material and all this stuff and really look their their program in the mirror and say you know. This is going off the rails really quickly. And I know I know we said before we're not going to talk about Ohio State, but I do want to say one thing about Ohio State. Yes, they're still recruiting at that high level as they did under Meyer, but I will say one thing. That's not the same football program as as it was when Urban Meyer was there. It's not even close right now.
1: There are uh, a couple of things with what you just said. One, they recruit at a high level, but if you look at the recruits, again, they're, they're wide receiver you. They have great receivers. I mean, you look what Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are doing in the NFL, it's amazing. Uh yeah, and right. Jack, I mean, the receivers they have there now, amazing. But football's not won by wide receivers. You know, never has, never it's will be. One in the trenches. Right, it's one in the trenches. And it's amazing. The other part, the part two of that is it's amazing, utterly amazing that in 12 months from the win last year in Ann Arbor to the win last Saturday in Columbus, how many narratives both in terms of local narratives, conference narratives, and the national perception of both programs and both head coaches, how much they've changed. You know, all the talking show, all the shows and talking heads this, this morning, uh, we're doing this on Monday. You know, on Monday morning we're talking about how they were admiring and keeping praise in Harbaugh for kind of staying the course and staying tr- true to his roots and being tough-nosed, hard-minded, in the trenches team – and everybody's questioning Ryan Day. What you said—the recruiting, the types of recruiting he's doing, the culture of that program—mean I mean, that you know all the stuff that we've said as Michigan fans, saying they're soft. Well, that's the narrative around the country now. And so it's amazing what's changed.
0: And and what's what's crazy is you know they they seem to every time that they they seem to uh, you know become a difference-making program, they have a, a edgy coach, a kind of a pain in the ass, unlikable head coach. I'm not saying Ryan Day is likable. I don't think he is. But, I mean, you listen to his post-game press conferences or pre-game press conferences. He's not talking about how he hates Michigan. He's not talking about how, how you know, all this other stuff. He's kind of humble in a way. I know he said to hang 50 on them or whatever, or 100 on them yeah, or whatever. But, I mean, for the most the part – Big Ten's going to need a mercy rule because we're
1: going to hang 100 on them Was the
0: question. <laughs> exactly. So he's not doing that. And there's no bulletin board material – it's not like Urban Meyer, Tressel, where where you know there's an edge to him. You know, there's no edge to Ryan Day. He's kind of a kind of a pussy, right? You know, kind of yeah. a soft guy. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, enough about Ohio State, but I mean that's certainly something to think about. And I will say t- say one thing. I mean, the narrative certainly has changed around the country and around how the perception of how Ohio State, um, you know, maybe has fallen of grace here in the Big Ten. Uh, and, you know, there's a new giant up above here and it's, and you know, it resides in Ann Arbor. So we'll see and where it goes thing, from there. I,
1: one thing I want to say about that, because I, I, it's one thing I admire the most, is Jim Harbaugh has gone from being questioned at every turn by every person that has a microphone on their face to being pretty universally respected. And he's done it all. I mean, all with zero self-promotion. You know, out of the gate, he did some of that when he first got the job, some of that, who's got it better than us. He, he He's done, He since he came back, since the flirtation with the Vikings and this whole season, he's had his head down and every turn he pushes his coaching staff to the front. Like he, he could have wanted the flowers all dumped on him at the end of that game for all the right reasons and he deserved it. And he pushed J.J., to the microphone, ran away, ran 15 yards on the field, grabbed Donovan Edwards and dragged him back into the interview and then ran away. And Edwards and Donovan both laughed like, yeah, you're not going to get him. You know, I mean, he's he's done it. He's changed his narrative and gained a ton of respect without putting out any effort publicly to do so. And I think that's so admirable, and we're so fortunate to have him as that
0: coach. I mean, we've talked about the program and how how it's certainly healthier than it was before and Mm -hmm. how the narrative has kind of changed between Michigan and Ohio State and the rest of the Big Ten. But the other thing that you you don't really mention here, but, I mean, they said after they lost to Georgia that this wasn't a blip on the radar. We're going to be back. Um, Jim Harbaugh waved the pom-poms basically saying that, you know, they were going to be a better defense. And, I mean, they were, right? And and considering losing David Ajabo and Aiden Hutchinson and losing your defensive coordinator to the Ravens, Mike mm-hmm. McDonald, and losing your offensive coordinator, who a lot of people gave that credit um, of the new offense to uh, in he Josh won the Award.
1: He won the Broyles Award as the best coordinator in the, as coach in the country.
0: And you lose both of those guys. Mm-hmm. And not only do you go 11-0 – you go twelve and zero, right. or sorry, not only do you go eleven and one, but you go twelve and zero with a win over Ohio State, a win over Penn State, a win over Michigan State. You've done all your goals. You're one win away from the Big Ten title, um, and then you know, I mean, uh, a trip back to the College Football Playoff, which a lot of people said wasn't possible. A lot mm-hmm. of people said, "Oh, it's a fluke." Ohio State fans, same thing. It's a fluke. They'll never do it. Blah blah blah. Where? What are they thinking now? Right. i mean because yeah,
1: not, not only did he beat ohio state penn state and michigan state he beat each one of them by over three touchdowns his three biggest in-conference rivals by three plus touchdowns that's i mean that's dominance that's everything you want um and and everything's right there in front of us more than it's ever been
0: and I I will say one thing we talked about it being one of the biggest wins in Michigan football history. And and I agree with you there, but I'll tell you one thing right now that was more sweet than anything. I know we, we try to be objective on this podcast. I know we show our fandom too, but we try to be objective and I'll tell you what right now, I knew it was over. As soon as you looked at, you know, some of the players on Ohio state, their defense, their hands on their hips, you know, they show Ryan day. He looks kind of scared, like, you know, that kind of a deer in a headlights kind of look. And I'll tell you what, here we go mentality. Yeah. It looked like us, you know, prior to 2020, it looked, it looked like Michigan thousand percent. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just a testament to how the culture has certainly changed. And I will say another thing as well. I mean, you see some of those fans, how they looked, they wanted, you know, that they came into that game thing. We're going to fucking kill this team. We're going to beat this team by 40. And, uh, you know, I mean, they, they had the right to think that. You know what I mean? They had a high flying offense that, you know, pretty much beat the shit out of everybody else outside of the Northwestern game mm-hmm. and the Notre Dame game. But I mean, it couldn't have gone worse for them. And oh, I'll to, to tell yeah. you what, to see their face and, and, and to see some of these just fans just leaving, you know, late yeah. in the fourth quarter, it, it was, it was. Beautiful to see because the contrast of, of what that would usually be is, you know, the game's over and they're storming the field and they're playing their fight mm-hmm. song and, you know, but instead we're planting the flag at, at, at midfield. That was so in incredible. In the so, shoe.
1: Yeah. Think about, think about uh, just the Mich- Michigan playing spoiler in Columbus. CJ Stroud was the favorite hands down runaway favorite for the Heisman. He didn't have a chance at that now. Uh Jim Knowles, or defensive coordinator, Many people thought he was the favorite to win the Royals award uh, that now Jesse Minter may win, uh, but we destroyed that. Ryan Day is now one and two against Jim Harbaugh. CJ Stroud is 0 and 2 versus Michigan.
0: And will never just, beat Michigan because he's going to the NFL. Oh, he's gone. Yes. I mean, they
1: just, uh, that game was just incredible for everything it meant for Michigan and everything it meant for Ohio State and just everyone that cares about the program as much as we do
0: it. Yes, All those juniors uh, that are Mm -hmm. CJ Stroud's age never beat Michigan. Right. Um, And and so that's, that's certainly another thing, you know, I mean, the guys that did beat Michigan are going to age out after this year for the most part, I believe. And you're going to have a a program there at Ohio state um, that most of the guys there outside of Ryan day and some of the, the people on the staff, and some of the super, super, super seniors mm-hmm. have never beat Michigan. You're right? Um, so, I mean, that's, again, a credit to what Jim Harbaugh has done yeah. and and really kind of how quickly it's all come together. We've talked about the culture. We don't really need to do that. Um, but in terms of, of where where this is all headed, uh, I mean, we're, the sky is the limit for this team, and we can talk about that in a minute. Um, the other thing I just want to mention, too, I mean, J.J. McCarthy, we talk about culture, we talk about, um, you know, Another thing, you know, culture more so, so, culture, and then the fact that you know, some of these guys are playing through injury. I mean, Donovan Edwards playing through the hand injury, Schoonmaker was was out there. You know, Blake Coram tried to give it a go. I mean,
1: Mike Morris yeah. tried to give it a go, yeah, a
0: couple of years ago. Are those guys playing in the game? I'm not going to name names, but are some of those guys playing in the games? Is is mm-hmm. you know, I'm not. I'll I will say one is Jabril Peppers playing in that game. If if he's, you know, injured like he was in the Orange Bowl. I don't know. Yeah. Uh so you know, a lot of those guys had the NFL on their future. And I think Jim Harbaugh has recruited a lot of guys that are football players that want to be at Michigan. Uh, and then when you have a, a, a culture like that, I mean that's strong, you know. And Aiden yeah. Hutchinson started it, and Cade McNamara, who we're gonna talk about here in a minute, um, you know they started it and it, and it's continued. So again, a yeah. credit to that. Also JJ saying what he did in the post-game press conference saying that, you know, taking the hat off. We I don't I'm not wearing this. Yeah. We are we not don't done need yet. To wear this. We're Yeah. It doesn't matter. Have you ever heard a Michigan player say that a win over Ohio State doesn't matter?
1: You know, it's it's and it's not just that he said it. Uh mm-hmm. is he's you know there's a lot of people that put that bravado out there you know that false bravado of you know saying something cliche and saying something with their chest out he he conveys a, just a confidence and like mm-hmm. an inner drive that makes it seem real you know and and, yeah, and we'll does. see if it's real but it, but to me and i'm not ai don't consider myself a very gullible person it comes off as about as convicted and wholesome as you can be he believes it he you know we're not done yet and he's and he's trying to as a 19 year old kid really trying to embrace that leadership role i don't know how much you know what i don't know is how much he's viewed as a leader you know among the team you know because he is only a 19 year old kid and the quarterback obviously takes the leadership role but the way that he talks and the way everyone talks about him i mean he's embracing that part of the game too so it's just it's great to
0: see Certainly. I mean, again, like I said, you know, you can tell he's he's got to be up there on, on the totem pole in terms of leadership on the team. I mean, you see, um, you know, after Michigan got back to Ann Arbor, he went to the, the whole football team basically crashed the hockey game. You saw that, right? You, love and, that. Uh, you know, yeah. J.J. goes up to Eric Portillo before the refs telling him to get the hell off the ice. He the, goes the up Michigan to Portillo goal, yeah. and he's giving him hands and everything. So yeah. J.J. is certainly the star of the show and he's only going to get better. I'll tell you yep. that right now. Yeah. Um we're going to switch gears here um in terms of where this is all headed and you know um we talked about how this impacts Ohio State off and Michigan off on the field. Now we're going to talk about it off the field. Uh, Michigan securing what four commits from the state of Ohio oh, yeah. after the game?
1: Yeah. You know, a couple of, you know, one thing about past – one of the more memorable recent recruiting battles with Ohio State was with Zach Harrison, a five-star defensive end who, during his commitment, they asked him why, at the end, did he choose Ohio State uh, over Michigan. He said, because I don't want to lose this game every year. And since then, he's gone 0-2. Oops. Uh, you know, we look at guys that, that get overlooked. I mean, our last two Heisman Trophy winners are from the state of Ohio. Charles Woods and Desmond mm-hmm. Howard from Ohio. Rod Moore, who's been one of the biggest stars, looked up in the crowd uh saying, You guys didn't recruit me. You know, you guys screwed up my house. This is my house, right? And so in the four days since the beatdown in the shoe, uh, they've secured commitments from four Ohio native kids uh as as high school recruits, which is just awesome. Uh three from three from the class of 2023, a couple guys that I'm really excited about. Uh four-star hybrid linebacker Jason Hewlett. The only reason that guy's not raked a lot higher as the end of his junior year, he broke his leg and didn't get to play a lot. So didn't go to, and didn't go to any camps to do everything, but everyone that's seen him play, he's a special athlete, um, you know, plays on both sides of the ball, plays multiple sports, three-star cornerback, Cameron Calhoun, who is barely a three stars, you know, one of those three-star, four-star kids, really talented kid that everyone really likes. Uh, uh, linebacker, Brian Ishmael, who, Uh, is a big, strong, fast kid that that they just say, you know, could play a a multitude of positions. And then for the class of 2024, Luke Montgomery, who's when it's all said and done, is going to be one of the highest rated offensive linemen in the country. So, uh, you know, that's just just the tip of the iceberg. You know, if you follow rivals and on three and two, four, seven, several crystal ball picks have come in for more guys. One of the more notable guys, 2024, high four-star edge, Brian Robinson. Um, So there's just – the the tidal wave of uh, impact of this game is going to go on for for years in terms of the lore, but in the short term, it's going to help build this program up in the recruiting trail, which is just so exciting.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, that's that's certainly huge. I mean, especially Jason Hewlett, who I, I saw was an athlete, and you know, you said that you know he's a. Fringe four star could be a five star, you know, if he didn't get hurt like that. I mean, that's that's certainly the kind of players that Jim Harbaugh wants to bring in here and, you know, make them play to their potential, you know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, or even higher than their potential.
1: And one, of, you know, the PhD resistance uh, of, of this whole thing was two of the guys I just mentioned, Luke Montgomery and Cameron, Cameron Calhoun, on Saturday were both on visits to Ohio State on the side, on Ohio State's sideline, wearing scarlet and gray. Hmm. And within hours of that game, visiting that game in Columbus as guests of the Buckeyes committed to Michigan. So not only are they Ohio natives, but they, you know, the the sour grapes that they may have out, we didn't want them. No, they were on your sideline for that game. You were entertaining them, trying to get them to commit to your program and they saw the type of program that you have, the type of product you're putting out there, the type of culture that you have. And they said, no, we're going to go out the other sideline and go play for that team. And that coaching staff." Right. So, I mean,
0: you know, you can go back in the rivalry. I mean, Ohio state's had fantastic players from the Detroit area that, that, you know, probably had, had visits to Michigan and said, no, 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 I'm going to Ohio state. I have a better of in sure. there. And um, you know, If Michigan can get to the playoff again, which, I mean, it's almost a foregone – They're there. They could
1: lose and they're there.
0: Um, I mean, that's – you can sell people on. You come to Michigan, you have a chance to win a national championship every year. See, we've been to the playoff twice. We always talked about before this, and I know we didn't do this podcast before, but we always talked about, you know, you got to start, you know, putting this program in a better situation because if you don't, I mean, the guys – Previously, of Braylon Edwards and Charles Woodson and Desmond Howard and even Denard Robinson. I mean, some of the kids in high school never saw those guys play. So you know, you went a whole almost not generation, but a whole high school recruiting class, for maybe sure. more, and some, yeah. Where you know none of those guys ever seen Michigan be relevant for more than one year at a time. Um, so you know, again. We talked about this before. You know, Ohio State did what they did for a long period of time. But what people don't talk about is Michigan's program was down for between when Carr left until Harbaugh took over. I mean, and and even you can even say it was a down year in 2015 for Michigan, you know, considering what we're used to and what, what mm-hmm. we've wanted. Um, but again, I mean, you know, you always talk about the best players. Um, it, at Michigan, it means more for these guys, especially the guys that come from Ohio.
1: You know, one thing that's worth noting, too, is, you know, rep, we talked about narrative and reputation. The Michigan-Ohio State game this past Saturday, 17 million people tuned in and watched that game. It was the most watched college, regular season college football game since in 10 years, 11 years, right? The second highest rated game in the last 11 years, was last year's Michigan versus Ohio State, so the two h- most highly watched regular season football games of the last eleven years. They got to see Michigan smash a dominant Ohio State program. No, yep. yep. and so you know, talk about talk about mindset change of who you know. You talked about how a couple high school class worth of people never got to see a dominant Michigan. Well, in the last two years, more people tuned in to watch. An incredibly dominant Michigan program, and so you know the the benefits that starts to build for kids their seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade. You know JJ McCarthy's joked he said you know I know we lost a lot, but all Donovan Edwards and I know is beating this team. You know, and so high school kids their freshman, sophomore, all they know is Michigan being the do- the dominant program in the Big Ten and, and a college football playoff uh, participant contender, and so that changes. That's the 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 benefits and long term value of this run is substantial
0: it is no it absolutely is and you know again like i said before it's it's certainly something that you know we're going to continue to watch and and you know hopefully it's going to continue to go that way because the only thing is and we're not going to get into the whole nil discussion we can get into that at another point in time But Ohio State certainly, with the whole NIL situation and everything like that, they have it kind of figured out where Michigan's still kind of fumbling on on it. So, I mean, hopefully they can get it squared away. And, and, you know, again, we're not going to get into that, but we can move on from that. Um, The other just quick note I want to throw out there, um, Ohio State had 14 uh, five-stars out there on the field in that game. Michigan only had two. And, you know, Donovan Edwards, who had two touchdowns, Two long touchdowns and JJ McCarthy, who threw for what over 260 yards.
1: You're forgetting one, Iabioki. Oh, yeah, and he had the strip sack, so uh, they all made a big impact.
0: Oh, it wasn't Will Johnson a five star as well. Johnson was a five star, yeah. Okay, so we got four. Okay, so even then, 15 to four. I mean, your, your talent's supposed to win out, and it did not. And, uh, you know, like, again, Michigan kicked their ass. So,
1: Um,
0: but enough of that. We're going to go into a situation where um, Cade McNamara has entered the transfer portal. Um, I just want you to give your thoughts quickly just on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, guys, as far as I'm concerned, guys are legend. You know, he takes over two years ago. We're losing 17 to nothing against Rutgers. Uh, and comes in, leads us back to victory, has his what if we went out speech, Mm -hmm. leads the team to the playoffs, played an enormous role in the culture change. The culture shift was an an amazing leader and um, played a great role in the community for, you know, great ambassador of the program. Uh, I don't know if there'll be a more celebrated guy to ever leave the program in the transfer portal. I think we'll all be rooting for him. You know, one of the, uh, you know, his legacy secured and he's handled, you know, this way, this season, he lost the job. He didn't pout, you know, he didn't, he handled that about as good as you, you could um, handled it like a man, you know, said he was disappointed, said he thought he was the better player, thought, you know, like he should, like he'd want a guy to play. And uh, you know, and he, he, that, that the buzz started circulating this morning, at least publicly. I think some of us knew about that a little bit earlier, but um, you know, th- that came out and he was universally just heaped on praise by, current teammates, the fan base. I mean, he'll be celebrated. And and wherever he lands up, uh, you know, there's been a lot of buzz and speculation that he's on his way to Iowa. And thankfully Michigan doesn't play Iowa next season. But uh, I think uh, wherever he lands, they're going to be lucky to get a great leader, a great kid, and uh, just uh, a guy that meant a ton to the Michigan football program.
0: My guess is it's somewhere closer to home, um, somewhere like UCLA or maybe somewhere Mm -hmm. in the Pac-12. I guess it could Mm -hmm. still be Iowa or – Maybe even Nebraska, uh, with with them hiring Matt Wait, Rule.
1: There's been speculation that Sharon Moore is a candidate for the Colorado head coaching job. That they could go there together, maybe. Um, right,
0: possible yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the other thing I just want to mention: Jesse Minter is the is a Broyles Award finalist. Um, and now we're going to get into uh, what where Michigan goes from here because they have a date with the Purdue Boilermakers in the Big Ten Championship game. On Saturday, that game will be found on Fox at 8 p.m., so prime time. So, um, you know, all the kids we just talked about in recruiting could go hopefully watch Michigan, you know, win another Big Ten title. Knock on wood, hopefully that happens. Uh, Michigan comes in at a 16-and-a-half point favorite with an over and under of 51-and-a-half. What do you know about Purdue?
1: You know, I mean, they've been scrappy all year, You Know if you look at their games, all their games this year were close, could have gone either way. Um, you know, they weren't they not once this not one week this year where they ranked in the top 25, but they were right there. You know, uh, they were scrappy. Their whole season was one score games for the most part, a couple of exceptions, but they they were scrappy. Their quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, and not you know, he likes Stetson Bennett and Hendon Hooker and Sean Clifford, you know, 35 year old quarterbacks, you know. Uh, been around for a while but he was one of the most efficient uh good quarterbacks in the Big 10, very solid. They have arguably the best receiver in the Big 10 in Charlie Jones, the Iowa transfer, a great freshman running back in Devin Maccabee. I mean they they have talent. I don't I think you know the reality is is they play a style of football that Michigan should be able to take care of. You know, they're like a poor man's Ohio State kind of uh and very, you know, very poor man's uh, I'd have been more afraid of an Iowa or Illinois quite frankly because of the style of play they have. Um one game, you know, you never know. Uh but you know, the game is in Indiana just a couple hours away from Purdue, so I'm assuming their fan base will show out and have a really good presence in that game, but I feel like uh you know, this team has been focused all year and this is a typical game, particularly when you think of the fact that uh you know, the pundits are saying that Michigan can lose this game and still be in the playoffs. so what's really at stake? But I, I think, you know, we, we worried about that with the Iowa game, the Big Ten Championship game last year, and Michigan rolled, so I have no reason to believe that that doesn't happen again this year.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, we, we talk about predictions, and we'll get into that in a bit here, but, um, you know, Michigan has won the last four meetings against Purdue. It feels like forever since they played them. I just had to look it up. They they haven't played since 2017, which you know that that game was in West Lafayette too. Um, if you remember that game, that's the
1: game that um, the there was the cheap shot of Wilton Spate, and there was all the Hubaloo about their uh, medical facilities and the care mm-hmm. they took care of a Spate, and just all the back and forth. There was some bad blood there for a while about that, but like you said, that was a while
0: ago. Right, that, that feels like forever ago. You know, yeah, no. on a four-game win streak against them, they haven't played them in a while. Uh, it seems like a game that Michigan should win. I mean, you know, Blake Corm's probably not gonna play from what we are we understand. I don't know, we don't know the status of Mike Morris or Luke Schoonmaker. Uh Jim Harbaugh did say that Luke Schoonmaker is gonna go to the NFL after this year. So that is another quick note there. Um and Eric and all by all
1: accounts, Eric all is uh coming back. So that's you know, that's pretty exciting.
0: That is fantastic, you know. Mm-hmm. If you have Colston Loveland and Eric All, Max Prendicson, all together. I mean, that's that's a fantastic tight end room. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Purdue's last three games, they've won. Um, You know, besides that, they lost to Iowa twenty four to three. How you only scored three points against Iowa? Mm -hmm. They lost to Wisconsin thirty five to twenty four against a you know as bad as I've seen Wisconsin in a long time program. So, um, and you know, it's it's. I don't want to say this, I mean, we we kind of get the narrative that it should be, you know, Michigan and Ohio State again in the Big Ten title game, and you'll a lot of people keep talking about that, but you know what, Purdue won the West, did what they had to do, and, uh, you know, it it kind of seems like a mismatch for Purdue. I I think that, you know, they're not fantastic at stopping the run, and, um, you know, but they do have a good quarterback, and he's certainly, what, over 3,100 yards this year, so, I mean, that's another thing. I mean, can, can you get to the quarterback and can you make sure that, you know, you can keep everything in front of you? Cause if you can, I mean, you win this game easy, I think.
1: Yeah. I think Purdue will be playing, you know, Aiden O'Connell, uh, sad news, lost his brother, his oldest brother uh, a few days ago. And so, you know, I'm sure that team's going to rally around him. I'm sure his family, the coaching staff, the team's going to rally around him and, you know, that's kind of the, one of those inspirational things that can lead to some real promising things for a team. So, you know, Michigan's got to stay focused and 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 you know not take them lightly and keep their head on the straight. But it seems like this coaching job's got an A plus for twelve straight weeks of doing that. So
0: yeah, uh, you can't look ahead. Can't look ahead to the playoff, you know. But it, again, we can look ahead. Uh, as, can. We usually do. We're not part of the team, but I will say one thing. You know, Purdue is going to come to play. You know, they're in yep. the title game. They're going to want to do everything they can to beat Michigan. And uh, you know, like I said, it's it's going to be an interesting game. I think it's it, I think we can get into predictions here. Uh, it's it's going to be a situation where I think it's it's similar to last year. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the predictions.
1: No, I agree. You know, I mean, I, I feel like every week on the picks, I've been pretty conservative. Of you know, kind of been more conservative in the Vegas line, but this is one where I just think, you know, that saying styles make fights. I think matchups make football games, and I just think this is not a matchup that Purdue wants to get into, you know. Uh they've won without relying on a dynamic wide receiver in Charlotte Jones. This team just shut down the best wide receiver in the country. Um so uh schematically everything they want to do, Michigan's proven to be able to stop and nobody has been able to stop Michigan on the other side of the ball and produce defenses middle of the pack in the conference. So uh, I think it's it's uh I like the over, uh, and I like Michigan in a big way. I, I think it's forty-two, seventeen. Michigan, forty-two.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's another it's another big Michigan win. Uh, I don't think they put up as many points as you say, but I say it's like a thirty-seven, thirteen kind of mm-hmm. game where maybe Purdue hangs around a little bit and then it kind of gets gets out of hand close to the end of the game. Thirty-seven, yeah, thirteen is where I'm going to go with that. Uh, again, you know, Michigan in the Big Ten title game for the second year in a row. It looks like they're on their way to the college football playoff. Um, if things no. hold,
1: if things hold serve, uh, and you know, it should be Georgia one, Michigan two, TCU three, USC four. Uh, if I told you six weeks ago that Michigan needed to beat Purdue and TCU to get to the national title game, I think you'd have been pretty excited and uh, optimistic. And so that's right. that. That's where we sit now. I mean, TCU has to play a tough. Uh, You know, a team with a upset history like crazy in Kansas State. Um, And USC plays a hard-nosed Utah. So things can change. But, uh, you know, Purdue, then TCU to face, you know, rematch with Georgia. and Give me the title game. I like my chances. But uh, the road and the path for the Wolverines is very promising right now.
0: Yeah, this is is a situation where, again, like I said, I mean, two years ago after – you know the 20, 2018 game, and then the tw- sorry, not two years ago, but after the 2018 game and the 2019 game, um, you know, I, I I I lost hope. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie to you. I lost hope that 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 you know I thought the ceiling for this program was 11 and one with a loss to Ohio State and then mm-hmm. a bowl game, and I was wrong. I was wrong, and I'm glad to be wrong. So I mean, the narrative is certainly flipped on the program. You know, they're they're certainly. Have a chance to win another Big Ten title and and really cement themselves here at the top of the Big Ten for the foreseeable future. Um, yeah, I, mean,
1: I think they 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 are. They, I mean, they got to take care of business on Saturday, but they have definitely established. Again, we talked about the top of the show is like its narratives, and they've changed the narrative. They they are they have a chance to the win to solidify their place as the alpha program of the Big Ten Conference, which by all accounts, you know, I mean, I think even the most diehard Big Ten fan will give some props to the SEC as being the top program in the last 10 years. But Big Ten has definitely been second. And to be the top program and the second-best conference in the country, that's a good place to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I said this uh, two podcasts ago, and then we almost lost to Illinois. But, um, <laughs> you, you know, I, I firmly believe that there's a chance that Michigan doesn't lose another football game this year. I mean, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. But, I mean, the balls that they showed to go into the shoe and beat Ohio State the way they did, um, you know, after the whole year of Ohio State talking about, oh, you know, that was a fluke last year and all this bullshit, and Michigan goes in there and molly them. I mean, you know, the sky is the limit. If you can go to the shoe and beat Ohio State, you can certainly beat Purdue, and you can certainly beat TCU or USC. Um, I don't think that Ohio State's going to get in barring some – you know, situations. I mean, I know Tennessee. They have two losses, though, right? So they would be out no matter what. Uh, what is the scenario? I think, for I Ohio think, State to get in.
1: I think if TCU or USC loses, or I think Ohio State's in. I think Ohio. I think Ohio State gets in over Alabama. Tennessee's done. That lost South Carolina.
0: Yeah. And
1: you know, the committee has said they pay attention to injuries and the impact. Tennessee, with the loss of South Carolina and the loss of and Hooker, they're done. So then it comes down to if TCU or USC slips up, is it Alabama, Ohio State? And Ohio State's best two wins are over number eight, Penn State, number 19, Notre Dame. Alabama's best two wins are number 21, Texas, which if Kate Ewers doesn't get hurt, they lose that, and to number 25, Mississippi State. So and they have two losses, Michigan's, Michigan, or Ohio State's only loss is the number two team in the country, Michigan. So I just don't think there's much of an argument for any team other than Ohio State. So there's a chance that, you know, we, we have a chance to go 15-0 and 0 and play Ohio State twice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Please don't do that to my yeah. psyche. Please yeah. don't do that because, you yeah. know, like I said, I mean. I don't want that to happen. We, we, we don't need that a second time this year because nope. it's damn hard to beat a team a second time. For sure. Um, I will say another thing, too, When we can get out of here after this. Um, I mean, you know, to say that we have to play TCU perhaps – or, sorry, Purdue, TCU, and then perhaps Georgia or USC or Ohio State. I mean, the lesser of all evils, I think – I mean, I guess not the lesser of all evils. The team I'd rather see again is Georgia. Honestly, I mean – Go back and, you know, you have some bad blood there. You got blown out last year. Uh, you know, you think you've closed the gap, maybe not recruiting wise, but you've definitely closed the gap in terms of, I mean, they don't have six guys on their defense that are going to the NFL right. or, you know, that are going to be, you know, drafted high. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, like I said, there's there's certainly a chance that Michigan doesn't lose another football game. Um, I want to get your final thoughts and we can get the hell out of here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the glow is still on, and I, I, you know, it'll probably last for a while, regardless of how the season plays off out. But uh, it's a great time to be a Michigan Wolverine football fan.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is. It certainly is. My final thoughts are, you know, you beat Ohio State. You, you, you know, you said at the beginning of the season that, you know, the four goals were to beat Ohio, beat Michigan State, beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten championship, win the national championship. I mean, you've done two so far. Mm -hmm. You're on the verge of doing the third. And then the fourth one is going to be the hardest one that you've ever done because it's probably going to be against Georgia. But guess what? It may not be Georgia. It may be USC, who doesn't have much of a defense, I don't think. Mm -hmm. It could be Ohio State again. And, you know, I mean, the psyche of that team, after you just got blown the hell out, I yep. mean, you really think they're going to come back and, and beat you again? I mean, they could. It's on a neutral site at that point in Los, 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 Los Angeles, right? So, I mean, it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. I know Jim Harbaugh says it, but, but it's true. I mean, and that's, that's kind of where I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, But uh, for Brian, I'm Tyler. We beat the hell out of the Buckeyes. I know it went a little long here, but, you know, we wanted to get everything out that we had to get out. Um, Again, it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. Twelve and zero. Um, go Blue! blue you can baby. Follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. You Can follow Brian on Twitter at BB's Big House, and you can follow Blue by ninety on Twitter at Blue by ninety. All
1: right.
0: You guys have a great night. Go Blue! Yep,
1: yep. just beat Purdue.
0: Just beat Purdue.